Hello, thank you for joining us today. You're all very welcome as we worship Emmanuel, God with us. My name is David Sheldon and I'm a member here at Brighton Road Baptist Church. And today I'm joined by members of our worship group and together we'll be leading in worship and then later Michael Hogg, our leader of community evangelism, will be speaking on the good news of Jesus' birth. Today marks the last Sunday in Advent, just a few days before we celebrate Christmas Day. And this evening we'll be joining together here at the church in our traditional carols by candlelight service. This morning we will share in communion together as we reflect on Jesus' sacrifice. And that's entirely appropriate as Jesus' birth marks the last stage of God's plan to save his broken world. A plan which culminated in Jesus' death and triumphant resurrection. It would have been just for God to keep his distance, to leave us to the consequences of our own actions. But as David Wickersham reminded us on the first Sunday in Advent, God's commitment to justice meant that he sent his one and only son to pay the penalty for all our wrongdoing. He took on human flesh to invade his sin-broken world with his wisdom, power, glory and grace. He didn't descend to a palace. Instead, the Lord Almighty, the Creator, the Sovereign King over all things, humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. He lived on our behalf the life that we could never live. He willingly died the death that we deserve to die. And he rose from the tomb as the conqueror of sin and death. His advent, his coming, demonstrates that he will not be satisfied until sin and suffering are no more. And we are like him, living with him in unity, peace and harmony forever. On the first Christmas, the angels sang over Bethlehem because hope had finally come. So let's join them in celebration as Maya reads some verses from Revelation 4 to start our worship. There in heaven I saw a throne and someone sitting on it. The one who was sitting there sparkled like precious stones of jasper and carnelian. A rainbow that looked like an emerald surrounded the throne. Twenty-four other thrones were in a circle around that throne, and on each of these thrones there was an elder, dressed in white clothes and wearing a gold crown. Flashes of lightning and roars of thunder came out from the throne in the center of the circle. Seven torches, which are the seven spirits of God, were burning in front of the throne. Also in front of the throne was something that looked like a glass sea, clear as crystal. The 24 elders knelt down before the one sitting on the throne, and as they worshipped the one who lives forever, they placed their crowns in front of the throne and said, Our Lord and God, You are worthy to receive glory, honour and power. You created all things, and by your decision they are and were created. Our first song reminds us 
that because he loves us so much, Jesus gave up his rightful place in heaven to come and be born as a man, to be Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, you were rich beyond all splendor, yet for love's sake became so poor. Leaving your throne in glad surrender, sapphire paved courts for stable floor. the month and this the happy morn wherein the son of heaven's eternal king of wedded maid and virgin mother born our great redemption from above did bring for so the holy sages once did sing that he our deadly forfeit should release and with his father work us a perpetual peace that glorious form, that light unsufferable, and that far-beaming blaze of majesty, wherewith he wont at heaven's high council table to sit the midst of trinal unity, he laid aside, and here with us to be, forsook the courts of everlasting day, and chose with us a darksome house of mortal clay. Say, heavenly muse, shall not thy sacred vein afford a present to the infant God? Hast thou no verse, no hymn or solemn strain to welcome him to this his new abode? Now, while the heaven by the sun's team untrod, has took no print of the approaching light, and all the spangled host keep watch in squadrons bright. See how from far upon the eastern road the star-led wizards haste with odour sweet. Oh, run! Prevent them with thy humble ode, and lay it lowly at his blessed feet. Have thou the honour first, thy Lord to greet, and join 
thy voice unto the angel choir. From out his secret altar, touched with hallowed fire, Let's pray together. God of majesty and power, who spoke and this world was, who breathed and this world lived, who counts the hairs upon our head, who sees our thoughts and reads our hearts, who loves us more than we deserve, 
How can we not bring today our sacrifice of praise? For in the child at Bethlehem lies the promise of intimacy. Emmanuel, God with us, a saviour who would die even for me, and the promise of an eternity in which to praise you more each day. God of promise, we praise your holy name. Amen. We have lit three candles for hope, for peace and for joy. Today we light the fourth candle, the candle of love. With this flame we signify the love of God that surrounds us and fills us at all times, but that we recognise in a special way in the Christmas story. There is no greater power than love. It is stronger than rulers and empires, stronger than grief or despair, stronger even than death. We love because God loves us. open ourselves to you this Christmas season. As these candles are lit, light our lives with your imagination. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Fill us with a kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Magnify your love within us. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. And so let's worship him as we sing our next song. Adore, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore him.
Let's pray again. We praise you, loving God, for you gave Jesus Christ, your only son, to be born for us, that through him we might become your children. He existed before the world was called into being, but came down to save us, being born of a humble virgin, lying in a crib, walking on earth as a man. He became poor, that by his poverty we might become rich, to give us peace and joy when we were without hope and without God. But we confess that Christ's birth has gone unnoticed. Now, as then, we have not made room in our day-to-day lives. Now, as then, we have mislaid your message of reconciling love. Now, as then, we have ignored the stillness of your presence. Gift-giving God, forgive us. Free us from our self-centeredness. Help us to accept your love so freely given that we may live as you have called us to live. Amen. And now as we share communion together, we celebrate God coming among us. We rejoice in the birth of Jesus, coming among, living with us. We rejoice that he taught us that God is not manipulative, overbearing or distant but one who is as close as breath. He wants to share in every part of our lives. We rejoice that he conquered sin and death, taking the punishment that should have been ours and returning to his father in triumph. He gave us bread and wine so that we would not forget his act of selfless love. We remember the night before he died when he shared a meal with his friends. Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he poured out the wine, saying, Do this, remembering me. We break bread as Jesus did, remembering the call to love generously and faithfully, whatever the cost. And we drink the wine, 
remembering our responsibility to be bearers of forgiveness, tolerance and understanding. together. Please join us as we say the words of the Advent Creed together. We believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, the one who is full of patience who is not afraid of science, who does not need to fill each moment with activity and noise, the one who is beyond bluster and flurry and who does not jostle for attention. We believe in God the Son, Saviour of creation, who slipped into Bethlehem one night, mostly unnoticed, who lived 30 years without headlines or hurry, who frequently took time alone with his patient father, who waited for the right time to become the suffering servant, who stood quietly before the noise of his accusers, whose silence overpowered their words, who died, then rose again on a quiet Sunday morning. We believe in God the Holy Spirit who strengthens, empowers, renews and refreshes, sometimes arriving with obvious power, sometimes with the quiet breath of a whisper. We believe in one God who patiently waits for us, and who longs for us to do the same. And now we're going to lead you in a song that reminds us that Jesus is God's greatest gift to everyone.
Let's pray. Our Father, we have heard the good news that the shepherds brought, for they saw the infant king. Let us embrace the simplicity of the nativity story, as we remember that you chose the most unlikely persons to take part. So, as we are surrounded by bad and often depressing news, let us take and share the good news that Jesus' birth gives hope and comfort for all our days. We pray that our nation will seek the star that burns so bright. When no one is quite sure how to reduce the virus spread, to trade with our neighbours, to safeguard our economy and jobs, to protect and best educate our children, let us choose you to be our guiding light. Our world is so full of contrasts, rich and poor, wastage and poverty, good and evil, supply and starvation. Yet, from all the palaces so splendid, you chose a stable, cold and bare, for our Saviour to be born. Let us seek ways to help those in need with gratitude for all that you give us. Just as the wise men lay down their treasures, may we worship you with honest goodness and forgiveness in our hearts. In all that we say and what we do, let us be bold for you and allow your Holy Spirit to gently guide us as we serve you. Whether Christmas brings us happiness or sadness, joy or sorrow, busyness or loneliness, speak to us this Christmas tide. Open our hearts and minds and let us embrace your glory that is shining all around us. Amen. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
Christmas time we receive good news and it's about time we had some good news. That first Christmas we hear how angels shared with shepherds news about the birth of Jesus. But what is it that makes this news good news? Well, in our scripture reading today we discover three reasons. Firstly, this news about Jesus is good because it brings joy. It will cause great joy for all the people. The Greek word we have here for great joy is megalen joy, mega joy, big joy, loud joy, party joy. The good news of Christmas is to be celebrated joyfully. And this joy is for all the people. No one is to be excluded from receiving this joyous good news about Jesus. The Bible speaks time and time again about joy and rejoicing over who God is and what he has done. The psalmist declares in Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. In Jesus Christ we have the greatest of reasons to express the greatest of joys. The prophet Isaiah proclaims in Isaiah chapter 12, Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Jesus is revealed as the Holy One of Israel who is great and brings great joy. And how we so need joy at this time. In times of trouble and trial, difficulty and despair, lockdown and loss. The psalmist prayed in Psalm 94, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Jesus is that consolation. We read in Luke chapter 2, of the baby Jesus presented at the temple in Jerusalem where there was a man named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And lo and behold, Simeon encounters Jesus for himself and rejoices over him. Many have since encountered Jesus for themselves and known this mega joy. God's salvation is sent at just the right time. What consolation is ours? The Messiah, the Christ has been sent to us. What joy is ours? Secondly, this news about Jesus is good because it speaks of salvation. Jesus is Saviour, sent to save us from our sins. Such good news, for who can save themselves? 
Can you or I be good enough or do enough good to get into God's good books? We have all sinned. All have fallen short. We don't even meet our own standards, let alone God's. Yet God takes the initiative and solves the situation with our sin by offering himself as saviour. It is clear in the scriptures that the saviour promised and sent is none other than God with us. God himself declares this through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no saviour. Isaiah 44. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me there is no God. Isaiah 45 verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me there is no, no God. And in case we haven't got it yet, Isaiah 45 verse 21, There is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a saviour. There is none but me. Jesus is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Jesus, the Word of God, is fully God, yet becomes fully human. The only one who could bridge the gap of alienation between God and humanity caused because of our sinful rebellion. Incredibly, this Jesus, God incarnate, Lord, Saviour, Redeemer, King, Messiah, comes as a vulnerable baby, wrapped in cloths, laid in a manger, because there was no guest room available. The king in crude cloth, the saviour with strips swaddled, the messiah in a manger, the redeemer whom we made no room for. This eternal word of God came confined to cloth strips and a feeding trough. And at the end of his life, he was stripped of his clothes, his skin and flesh shredded into strips by flogging, condemned as a criminal, confined by being nailed to a wooden cross to suffer and die. In death, he was wrapped in cloth and placed in a stone tomb. Yet in death he was not confined. He rose again as Saviour and Lord. In him we have hope, even in the face of death. The Apostle Paul uh, in Acts chapter 17 reasoned from the scriptures explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. Paul said, this Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. In Acts 26, chapter 26, I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. 
This is good news about the Messiah in the manger who became the Christ on the cross, the suffering Saviour bringing our salvation. Thirdly, this news about the birth of Jesus is good because it brings peace, stemming from the favour of God resting upon us. God's peace is proclaimed in the midst of praise by a great company of the heavenly host, which appeared praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. It is through Jesus Christ that you can know peace with God, peace within and peace with others. Do you know this peace through God's favour upon your life? Jesus at the start of his ministry proclaimed God's favour and good news was now available through him. In Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Through Jesus, you can know the favour of God, freedom from imprisonment and oppression, recovery of spiritual sight. This is good news to all who know they are poor without it. May we be those who turn and seek the Lord as the psalmist did in Psalm 69. I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favour, in your great love, O God, answer me, with your sure salvation. Hear these words from the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 49, this is what the Lord says, In the time of my favour I will answer you, and in the day of salvation I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to resign its desolate inheritances to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. As I bring you this good news, hear it, receive it for yourself. Good news that brings joy, salvation, and peace through Jesus. May you, like those first shepherds, hurry to see for yourself that which the Lord has told you about. Amen.
And so we go our separate ways in peace, taking with us the certain knowledge that God is always coming into the world. We will, we will seek God, not, not in a long-ago stable or ancient manger, but in the people we meet and in the depths of our own hearts. May the blessing of Christmas make us a blessing to others. May the peace of the season pervade all that we do. We will, we will welcome, welcome the challenge of discipleship. We will offer ourselves as God's ministers. We will go forth in hope, peace, joy and love.